You're listening to the Entrepreneur Ignited Podcast. Where you'll get proven strategies to start and grow your online business from in the trenches digital entrepreneurs. EntrepreneurIgnited.com. Launch your online business. Live your dreams. Now, here's your host, Derek Gale. Welcome to the Entrepreneur United Podcast, a podcast designed to skip all the hype, skip all the BS, bring you real actionable strategies to ignite your success online from real digital entrepreneurs. This is your host, Derek Gale, and today we're going to be exploring powerful and practical ways to get more done, uh, be more productive, and ultimately more successful in business and, and just in life in general. I mean, those two really go hand in hand. And, uh, you know, the fact is this, guys, uh, I know from experience, time is a finite resource. We can't make more of it. So if I can share something with you or I can introduce you to someone that's going to show you how to uh, use your time more efficiently, more effectively as an entrepreneur, not only are you going to be more successful, you're going to be a lot happier. And today's guest is someone that spent many years developing a methodology and a system to make you more productive in your business. And I can tell you for certain that his methodology is based on uh, some serious, substantial personal experience. He's one of the earliest pioneers in the world of e-commerce, you know, starting the first online ad tracking company, the second pay-per-click search engine well before Google. And uh, he's authored over a dozen books, four of which are number one bestsellers, been translated in 25 different languages. He now serves as the founder and CEO of Simpleology, which is a really cool web app that uh, doubles your productivity in just 48 hours of use. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Mark Joyner to the show. Mark, thank you so much for being here today. Hey, thanks for having me, Derek. It's great to be here. Absolutely. Now, before we get started, uh, and, and I really want to dig into your methodologies on productivity and time management and the whole simpleology uh, methodology you've created, but before we do that, can you expand on my introduction? Because you, I think out of the guests I've interviewed on the show, you probably have one of the longest histories. Um, I'm thinking back through my guests, sort of up there with G- names you'd know, Jonathan Mazel and Marlon Sanders and guys have been around for a while. You've been around for as long as all of them. And, uh, but give us a Coles Notes version of, of your path to where you are today uh, with Simpleology. How did you get started as an entrepreneur and what led you along this path? Awesome. Great question. And by the way, it's really cool to talk to you. You and Corey and all those other folks, you know, back in the early days, um, you know, we were the guys who were doing all that you know, way, way back when. So it's great to see you still in the game. Um, and, you know, maybe at some point we can have another discom- another discussion about just that, because I think there is a lot of uh, value in that uh, historical context that we can provide for folks. Now that online marketing is huge. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 We're not, we're, yeah. we're not a little niche anymore. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember when internet marketing was a niche. And now, yeah. it, now it's this <laughs> massive umbrella, right? So yeah, it's changed so much. And uh, yeah, we, we do need to have that conversation. I think there's some lessons that people could le- learn from some of our, uh, our battle scars. <laughs> oh man, there certainly are. And so many lessons. So get back to, to get back to your question. Um, it, I started being an entrepreneur when I was very, very young because I didn't have opportunity that I saw a lot of folks around me have. You know, um, you know, I was born into a family 
that uh, was not well off at all, which is an understatement. And somehow this switch got flipped in my head that I could pull myself out of that, right? I don't know how that happened. I don't know what kind of good fortune occurred to me, but that switch was flipped. And I thought, okay, what what am I going to do? I'm not going to sit here and allow this situation to control my life. I'm going to make something better of myself. So I was out there stretching and experiencing different things. And at one point I realized that I would never be all that successful with that unless I got some self-discipline. So I went into the military, certainly got a a good stiff dose of discipline (laughs) there. And and while I was in the military, uh, I was also starting out with online business. So as far back as like 1990, I was running little businesses on the bulletin board systems, which I think you're, oh, yeah. uh, you have enough history to remember that, wow. right? Yeah, that's going back. Yeah. That's way, way back. And this was, you know, the internet was just barely getting started. Um, but that was the, the more active thing. You know, there were more of us on the bullet board, bulletin board systems interacting in the way that social media allows us to interact now, right? Um, and then, you know, I started a, a bunch of businesses, uh, some did very, very well. Um, I was very fortunate to, to experience that timing until I got to a point where uh, it was just all too much. And I had to sell those businesses off or shut them down, just you know, do whatever I could to walk away from that. And I started consulting for people on the background. And the thing that really struck me was that when people were writing to me, because of the history that guys like you and Corey and I had, they were asking me for marketing advice. But what I realized was that they didn't need marketing advice at all. The, the problem was not that they had bad ideas or a lack of ideas. They had great ideas, actually, but they weren't implementing them. They were just a complete wreck in terms of how they were running themselves throughout the day. So I had to ask myself, what was I doing on those days when I was just really on? And what was I doing on those days when I was off? So I started to develop systems for solving that problem. Uh, And I did that individually for folks. And then finally I got to a point where I said, look, I've got to turn this into a system that people can just use because I can't help people on a one-to-one basis on the scale that I would like to. And that was how the whole thing started out. Okay, so uh, you know, is, you said something interesting there. Is you started working with and consulting with these entrepreneurs, and you saw the mistakes that they were making, and it didn't have anything to do with strategy; it had to do with how they were running themselves. So, can we dig into what those primary mistakes were, and then we'll shift into to how you've corrected that with the methodologies? Yeah, right on. So first off, let me say that you know strategic errors do occur, right? But mm-hmm. I think that they're of lesser importance than self-management because I, I meet people with great ideas, with great vision all the time that amount to nothing. So you know what are those mistakes? I would say primarily the mistake is a lack of focus. You know, if you could boil it down to, to one single concept, um, you know, that's one lens through which it's very, very useful to look at it. Because if you can allow yourself to see one thing that you want to accomplish and allow yourself to move toward that and just navigate through the world where whatever little setbacks, distractions or whatever happens to you, you keep going back to that one thing. 
you will be way more successful than pretty much anyone else out there. I can say that almost unequivocally. Now, you can be focused on the wrong thing, but accomplishing that one thing does something to you, right? There, there is something that happens when you achieve even the smallest goal and it, it programs the mind. And we go through all of this talk about like, hey, you know, you can use self-hypnosis, affirmations, all these things to, to program the unconscious. Um, you know, I, I think it's a, a, an extremely important concept, but nothing compares to actual real world experience in changing your identity and changing your belief patterns. So what we like to do is we like to set people up on a, a pathway of, of getting that constant feedback of success after success after success until they become just this, you know, unassailable, um, uh, you know, almost invincible kind of person who understands like, look, you know, little setbacks don't matter to me actually, right? I know what I can do. I know what I'm capable of and I know what it's going to take to be successful and that's to remain focused, to remain on my path. So, and that's really, so that's really interesting. So it's creating a habit through actual achievement and letting them feel that. And, and I guess there is uh, an actual chemical reaction that's happening there. So, I mean, mm. uh, you know, I, one of the things that I've read, and I, I'm sure you've come across this in, in your research and studies and experiences, even just creating a, a, a list and being able to check stuff off as you accomplish it releases dopamine into the brain. And... And so what, what's your take on that? And one of the, but here's one of the challenges I see with this is people get into a habit of, yeah, they create things that they can easily accomplish, but they're not the right thing. So they still get that reward, that dopamine kick of satisfaction, but they're not actually accomplishing what they want. Right. That's, it's a super good observation. And that dopamine reward, I think, is one of the interesting mechanisms we can observe here. And the, the way most people use their to-do list sets up an anti-reward, right? So what happens is we put – take out the trash and solve world peace on the same list, right? And we're looking at that big long list. And when we don't accomplish those uh, uh, incorrectly sized or inappropriate things that are on the list, we start to self-shame. Now, I'm not sure what the neurotransmitter mechanism is for that. Mm-hmm. Um, is there an anti-dopamine? I'm, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. But, but that <laughs> called vodka. Whatever. It is, <laughs> right. But whatever it is, that's what we feel. You know, I mean, you, yeah. you know, that sense, right. When you look at that list at the end of the day and we didn't accomplish it. Right. Yeah. Yep. Um, we shame ourselves and then we start to doubt ourselves and then we have less confidence and then we kind of, we crawl into this little hole and we start to, to, get into escapism, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so l- let's dig into the methodology then because I want to really understand what, how you've approached this t- to make people more effective because there's so many different um, productivity systems out there. Let's call it that. Um, w- why is Simpleology or how is Simpleology different? How, walk us through the methodology. Awesome. So the the primary thing is there are three tools that we get people to master. Now, we have a training system that forces people to master these things in a a very, very uh, scientifically designed incremental approach, right? Because 
you know, that while there are, are many, many refinements and tools inside the app itself that we can teach people, we know that if we dump them off inside of it and allow them to use it at will, they're going to get minimal benefit. Um, so behind this is a philosophy that we call high me, high impact, minimal effort. And what that means is that uh, among the universe of possible actions you can take, you are going to tend to make better decisions if you filter those possibilities through this lens of Jaime. And we actually allow people to score this stuff, right? You give it an, an impact score and an e-score, and then you multiply those numbers together. And the one that has the higher score tends to be the right thing to do, right? So on that note, we apply the Jaime philosophy not only to how we help people make their own day-to-day -day decisions, but to how we structure the training of the program as well. And what we identified was that there were three primary tools that will give people the most benefit. This is why we can say uh, the very bold claim of within the first 48 hours, you will double your productivity. Um, in fact, I would challenge people to use the system faithfully and not experience that, right? Right. So the, those three tools allow people to unload the stuff that's in their mind Right. So the, mm -hmm. the first that that's the first thing. Right. So we have a tool called the dream catcher. And it's based on this notion that the human brain is a bit like a personal computer. You have RAM, if you will, in your mind. And, and we can observe this scientifically. We know that there is a working memory upper limit in the brain. And when we have too many things on our mind, you have to shut those things down. Otherwise, your mental performance is going to slow down. It's like having too many windows open on your computer. Right. Yeah. When you have too many windows open, what happens to the computer? It starts to get sluggish and then it shuts down. That's what happens with our brain. So we train people when thoughts, ideas and to do's come to mind. They drop them in. They drop them in this tool called the dream catcher and it sends a signal to this brain. Hey, I can unload this from conscious memory because I know I'm going to process that later on. So that's the, the first part of it. Uh, and it's one of the things that makes this unique because most productivity platforms out there exist in this vacuum and they don't actually interact with how you are managing your brain on a day-to-day -day basis, on a moment-to-moment -moment basis. Right. Okay. So, so we've got all these tools such as base camps and stuff like that, right? And it, it relies on us to go in there and, and know what to put in and to, to organize it accordingly, right? So mm. uh, let's, let's, let's walk through um, a scenario here. Let's pretend mm. I, I'm a new client and uh, yeah. I'm, I'm selling widgets. I've got a widget website selling widgets online and I sign up for Simpleology. And so I, I need to start organizing. I got all these big visions, goals, and and dreams of things that I want to achieve. And so the very first place I'm going to start is where? Great question. So what we like to tell people is that there are only two things you will ever have to remember about Simpleology, right? You, you can forget everything you and I talk about today. We can geek out about the science. I love that kind of discussion. It's great. But folks are not going to remember most of it. Yes, <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> But if I can get them to remember these two things, I know we're going to be good to go. And those two things are really simple. All you have to do is log in to Simpleology and click on this button, very prominently labeled, do today's training. And what that is going to do is it's going to take you through an experiential training course that ingrains habits in you 
through the process of actually using the software. So this training is not a like a video that you watch and then that's it, right? It's actually, it, it guides you through the use of these uh, three foundational habits that we were talking about. Now, in, in terms of a guy who has a particular goal, what we're going to do is we're going to have him identify that stuff and then on a daily basis, guide him to make sure that he's taking actions toward that and that he's not veering off and that he's choosing the actions that are going to have the most impact, that are easiest for him to perform on a day-to-day basis and get him to consistently do that on a habitual level. So how, how does this compare then against uh, a system, uh, you know, multiple different goal sy- setting systems? So if I look at, um, let's take Vern Harnish, uh, Gazelles, and, and he, he works with a lot of high performance stuff. He wrote the book, The Rockefeller Habits, okay? So what mm-hmm. he teaches entrepreneurs is, okay, you know, you need to, you need to start with your, your BHAG, right? Big, hairy, audacious mm-hmm. goal. You're out there five to 10 years, big vision. What do you want to achieve? Um, think big. And then, then we're going to roll that back and we're going to say, okay, if I want to hit that, in the next 365 days, what are the top five things? Okay, and he typically says, okay, five goals max is it, anything beyond that, and and it's too much, right? So let's start with five goals. What is the five things you need to do? Now we're going to break that down. And we're going to work on our quarterly goals. Then we're going to, you know, we're going to reverse engineer that and and ultimately filter that down to what is it that we need to be doing today. So with with the methodology that you're um, that you're using, is it breaking, are, are you starting with this end goal and then, and breaking it down systematically? That is a really, really interesting discussion. Um, you know, there are a lot of similarities in all of these different, uh, goal setting and, and time management and productivity platforms. Mm-hmm. And th- there are also some very significant differences. Now, one difference in simpleology that I think is worthy of note is that there is a certain amount of flexibility built into the system. You know, we allow you to do that kind of thing. In fact, there's a tool inside there where you can use the, uh, you know, the, the method that I used in the U.S. Army for long-term planning called the backward planning method, which I think is very, very effective. You know, we have a tool where people can do that if they choose. But what I've noticed is that when you're going towards something, the further out that goal is, the more variance you're going to have on the pathway and sometimes long-term plans will prevent you from uh, responding to the inspiration that can give you a, uh, an alarmingly easy, quick path towards something sometimes, right? So what we like to do is use a hybrid approach where we can allow people to have that uh, sense of planning, but to also on a day-to-day basis, think about it laterally as well. And to take impromptu actions mm-hmm. based on the opportunities of the moment, based on the inspiration of the moment, but to constantly guide them toward making a better decision, whatever that is. Interesting. Okay, so what Simpleology is doing is it's it's not necessarily helping someone map out a defined roadmap for the next year or five years and then breaking it down from there. Rather, it's it's more of a if I understand correctly, it's more of an in the moment. Um, as I look at my day, I need to make sure that I'm focusing on what's going to have the most impact, which is, I think, the Jaime um, uh, philosophy that you were talking or the system that you were talking about there. Is that correct? So is that what you're focusing on? Yes, and, right? And so 
in terms of the most impact, it's impact and ease. That's the real interesting thing, right? So, because sometimes the thing that's really impactful is very, very hard and we don't end up doing it, right? And so if you look at Jaime from a mathematical perspective, it's impact times ease, right? And when you find the higher score of those two variances, then what you're going to get is a better decision because a lot of people work on what's the opposite, right? They, they work on something very difficult and not really very impactful. And because they have committed themselves to doing that, they have these blinders on that don't allow them to, to evaluate that. So now the other thing is that that is talking about the moment to moment management of the mind. Simultaneously, we do have tools that allow people to do, you know, more complex long-term planning. You know, we have like a, a Kanban based um, project management platform built into it that's totally integrated in a way mm -hmm. uh, that you can also take those tasks that the long-term planning is guiding you with and then bounce those against your your day-to-day -day management, which is a, a huge chunk, I think, missing from pretty much every other productivity platform out there. Mm -hmm. And we also have tools to help people manage systems as well. So in the latest version of Simpleology that we just released uh, while this uh, podcast is being recorded, has a, a really cool platform to allow people to uh, create, uh, manage, and view systems for managing anything, be it your home, your business, or what have you. Right. Okay. So, and, and one of the things I just want to bring back, uh, just for the listeners there, which I find is really unique, and I think that really that formula you've created is impact. Times ease. Ease is. I was just thinking about that while you're talking. I've never seen a system that focuses on ease, but the more I think about it, the more that makes sense because so many of the methodologies are, you know, start with the hardest thing first, get it done, right? You know, the whole mm. eat the frog, Brian Tracy type thing, right? Um, but you're right. In many cases, that's not the right approach. You can have more impact by accomplishing something faster. So very, very interesting. So, okay. So the, uh, I, I'm, tr what I'm trying to do here, Mark, is I'm trying to pull out the, the real differentiators, I guess, uh, mm, bet mm. between what you're doing and what I see all over the place, which is the standard goal setting system, the, you know, the getting things done and cause there are so many different systems out there. Right. So, mm, mm. um, so, and what I'm hearing from you is, I, I mean, you've kind of got a blend, you've got a few, a few very different things in there as well, but if you had to summarize it, like what is the, what is the key difference between Simpleology, you know, when you created this, what was missing in these other ones? That's a really great discussion. There's so many things I could say, but it would boil down to one thing. One tagline that we've played with in the past is simplicity is freedom. Yeah. Right. And I really, really love that tagline because it, it's totally, totally true. And it goes back to what you're saying about this eat the frog mentality, right? Um, I absolutely love Brian Tracy, would, would never want to say anything disparaging about that guy. And I think that what he's saying about eat the frog and Angela Duckworth's very, very wonderful work on the concept of grit and how it's such a great differentiator, all of that's super important. But the problem is if we rely on that exclusively, if we tell people, look, man, just toughen up, right? Okay, how are people going to respond to that, right? Some people are going to develop that muscle. They are going to toughen up and they're going to perform better. 
totally true. Mm -hmm. But everybody has a breaking point. There is an upper limit of the capacity of stress that we can handle. And if we don't manage that properly, we actually get sick, right? We actually get physically sick mm -hmm. from there being too much intellectual stress. And that intellectual stress has gotten to a point where it's totally unmanageable for pretty much everyone that's connected to the internet. So this this other discussion that we have in Simpleology on the blog, we, we like to talk about some of these side concepts all the time that we have this thing called the complexity gap, right? And that's that we have this limited capacity of working memory in the human brain. You know, maybe you can change that capacity through exercises. It's totally true. You can do that. But there is this upper limit of about seven bits of information in working memory. But this gap is occurring where the amount of information available in the world is not only increasing exponentially, the rate at which the information is increasing is also increasing exponentially, mm -hmm. which is a freaky thing, right? So just a few years ago, we were putting about five exabytes of data into the data stream a day, right? And I, I imagine we have gone way past that now. And we're going to get to a point where, well, we're actually at the point now where you can never know everything that there is to know. Mm -hmm. So you have to, you have to just accept at some point, look, I can't keep up with all of this because I'm asking myself to keep up with something that is unkeep up a bull, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, so that's one key difference is that we decidedly force people to reject too much information, right? A lot of people tell you, no, just absorb more, right? No, you need to know what information is relevant to you and you need to make your decisions based on that and you need to remain focused on that and you need to remain focused on that in a way that allows you to stay sane and mm -hmm. happy and healthy. Yeah, and, and that that is key. And and uh, I mean, I, I don't know if you've been down the road, but I, I have been down that road of, of creating mm -hmm. Ill, illness out of stress just purely by trying to absorb too much stuff and and having to stop and say some of this stuff just has to go if I'm going to ever be productive or create anything meaningful. Well, you, you know, it's interesting. We were talking about the historical perspective of, of your experience and, and Corey's and mine. It's actually totally apropos because we were some of the first people in the world to have to really deal with that. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, on top of, you know, being pioneers in a, a, a merge in emerging, uh, landscape, if you will, we also were putting ourselves out there as experts and we had to deal with the, the tremendous stress that comes from interacting with people on this social landscape, because this is something we don't talk about a lot, but that landscape, I think also can make people very, very sick because people are, are very unhealthy in the way they interact with each other. There is this, uh, way that, we feel it's okay to talk to somebody because it's the internet, mm -hmm. right? You know, we can be very insulting to people. We can be disparaging of people. Um, we can be thoughtless in the way we, we show up and interact with folks. And that also causes illness, I believe. I, I think yep. you could create a, a very strong case for that. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, it, it creates a, a different level of stress and stress, I mean, the outcome is illness. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And if you you asked if I've gone through that. I totally have. And 
you know, I'd, I've gone through various layers of it, uh, you know, having to peel it back. And more and more, I start to understand that that clarity and focus and simplicity in my life are not just a good idea. They are essential human survival traits at our, our current point in evolution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think, uh, you know, as entrepreneurs and for a lot of people that are listening that are just, you know, sort of in the early stages of this journey, I think there needs to be a level of self-awareness where you got to check in with yourself because I think different people operate at entirely different levels, right? I mean, certain people have, uh, you know, a, a, the ability, the capacity to handle um, multiple different things. And I know, you know, I know successful entrepreneurs that are, you know, seven, eight figure entrepreneurs and they focused on one thing and, and they do one thing really well. And that's it. That's their business. And they know the minute that they start to focus on two things, three things, their results suffer. But on the flip side, you know, in the media, what we see is the, the Elon Musks of the world, right? You know, the guy, right. the guy who's disrupting eight different industries at once. And we go, oh, we all want to be that. Uh, right. But but I don't think that's a reality, A, for most people, and B, you don't see behind the scenes there as well of of what support he has, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, you, you know, I, I think – and I think this just comes from experience that you've had that I've had is you got to check in with yourself as you're going through this process, um, which requires this level of self-awareness and, and ask yourself, am I, am I over my capacity right now? Yeah. I think you've really nailed it. And I think actually, even though those guys are outliers, they, if you uh, look a little bit more deeply, you can find that they are actually perfect examples of the same thing we're talking about. And, and what I would say is that the Elon Musk's, the Richard Branson's, the, you know, the multipreneurs, right? Mm-hmm. Those guys who can get to that point, you know, able to accomplish the seemingly miraculous yeah. and manage such amazing levels of complexity. I would... I would bet that those guys actually have very, very simplified day-to-day guiding principles. And what they're doing is is they are using systems and productivity management on a larger scale, right? Because they're not individually managing those businesses. They're probably only managing about seven or so people. Um, Interesting that our upper capacity of individual management is similar to that number is similar to the working capacity of the human brain. Those are two numbers that have come up. You you tend to be able to manage no more than seven people. You tend to be able to manage no more than seven bits of information and conscious memory. Interesting, right? Now, those guys then tear all of that out, right? You get a guy who uh, is going to manage, be in charge of a business, and he's only going to manage as much complexity as he can manage. And what they do is they keep tearing that down, right? So once you build up a system and you've got one thing compartmentalized and individually managed, now you can add another layer of complexity. You can build on top of that. But if you don't have those systems in place, what's going to happen is is you're going to have larger and larger uh, systems of chaos, Mm -hmm. right? And, And of course, entropy is going to set in without that uh, systems management. Yeah, well, I mean, Branson, is, he, I mean, he, he's, he's, he's claimed my, my success is driven by surrounding myself with great people. And, uh, and as far as simplicity in life goes, uh, you know, you look at Steve Jobs, you look at Zuckerberg, just look at how they dress. 
Mm. It's the same mm. thing every day. And, you know, more and more people are realizing that, oh, you know, these, these guys that are operating at that level, it's, it, you know, why do they dress the same every day? Because they have minimum, you know, they're, they're uh, maximizing their capacity by minimizing the crap that doesn't really matter. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's funny, uh, Zuckerberg made that same comment that, uh, well, I think he was even quoting Einstein when he was, you know, Einstein allegedly had, you know, only one suit, right? He just had seven copies of the same suit yeah. and he would do a different one every day because why? He didn't want to offload that brain power onto that decision. And yeah. it's very interesting that he said that that was later scientifically verified. There is now this observable phenomenon that cognitive scientists are calling decision fatigue, yeah. right? And that's another thing that simpleology helps you combat. Well, you know, it's interesting talking about the, the science behind this and decision fatigue. I mean, as I mean, we don't understand a lot about the brain. I mean, it's still in its infancy, right? Uh, as mm. far as understanding oh, yeah. goes. Um, but, you know, decision fatigue. Uh, another interesting thing I was reading up on was willpower. Right. And mm. willpower is uh, it's effectively a limited resource. You know, yep. you know, you, you tell people oh, you need more willpower. Well, sh shit, I used it all up already. Right. Like, yeah, you know, right. I mean, that's why when I get to the end of the day and I have a craving after a long, hard day and, you know, those chips are sitting in the cupboard. You know, and people are like, why can't I stop myself? Right. Well, that's because you ran out of willpower at about 3 p.m. Yep. That's 100 percent right. And. You know, these different types of fatigue are, you know, one of the most interesting observations we've been able to make, you know, that, hey, nobody's showing you how to manage all of that, mm -hmm. right? And, and simpleology is based on, you know, not only managing complexity, but managing the capacity of the brain to handle these various things. So rather than try to strengthen those muscles, which I think is a, is a noble uh, endeavor. I yeah. think it's it's definitely worthy of people's time. I'm always trying to make myself stronger, to push myself more. But I recognize that it's. Let me put it like this: Imagine that you're you know you're working out on your body. Most people understand the basic fundamentals of exercise, but we also know that if we don't get enough recovery in, mm -hmm. right? If we don't get enough sleep, our body is not going to repair itself, right? So you need to work in the sweet spot. That's akin to what uh, I, I can never pronounce this uh, Russian cognitive scientist name correctly. He wrote a book called Flow. Have you read that? No. Mikhail Shushnihishnihai, I think something. <laughs> anyway, I, I, I'm sure I just butchered his name, but he, he has this idea that if you were to put this on a Cartesian grid, you have uh, time on the lower end and then you have difficulty on uh, on the y-axis and then there is a sweet spot which is uh, represented by a horse or a diagonal line down the middle if you're too if you're overstimulated you're going to break down right mm -hmm. if you're understimulated you're going to get bored but what he found was that if you find this sweet spot where you have just enough stimulation just enough challenge it's a joy to be in that state and he calls that the flow state but then what happens is is miraculously your capacity for more challenge naturally increases on its own. Mm -hmm. You just have to figure out how to guide yourself into that flow state. And that's one of the really wonderful side effects of using simpleology on a day-to-day -day basis gives you is that it, it keeps you in that flow state because by definition, 
when you just log in and follow the system as it is, it's going to keep you focused on those things that are a joy to do, mm-hmm. but that are also giving you that dopamine feedback loop of completion. Right, right. Interesting. And so, you know, kind of going off on a little bit of a tangent here, um, because I'm always looking for ways to, you know, increase com- brain capacity effectively, right? I mean, it's such mm. it's such a limiter, our ability to... Um, to strategize, come up with, you know, solve complex problems, stuff like that in business, which we're constantly facing, and to, to remember so much that's coming at us. Um, you know, there's, there's this whole other stream of um, people that are now going down the, let's call it the, you know, the bulletproof exec route, mm. right? Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, all the brain hacks, all the supplements, stuff like that. And I, I but I look at those and I wonder if that's, that's like, um, uh, are you familiar with uh, in 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 cardiovascular training, cycling stuff like that? The VO two max. Have you ever? Heard oh of yeah. That? Okay, yeah. so VO two max is your body's ability to um, to deliver uh, deliver oxygen effectively, right? Mm. And we're all mm. we're all born at a certain level. And uh, when you look at guys that are winning the Tour de France, those guys have obscenely high VO two maxes. And it, it's it's trainable, but it's not very trainable, right? So if you're right. if you're born with a low VO two max, you're never going to win the Tour because even though you maybe can increase it by ten percent or so, you're never going to get it to the level that uh, you know Tour de France winners at, right? And so when yep. I, when I look at Everybody looking for the sort of the magic pill going down the the supplement route and and look I mean I I take the the you know the, the coconut oils and all that crap like I mean I do it because yeah. <laughs> I think there's validity to it so I'm I'm not bashing it I do it yep. but uh, you know I think people put too much focus on that hoping for a magical boost in productivity when in reality uh, the the shift needs to become with how they're effectively managing their time with and using a system like what you've created with Simpleology to make sure they're focusing on the right stuff. I think that's where the low-hanging fruit is, but I think everybody's distracted over here by those damn marketers, (laughs) 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 you know, selling this other stuff. And what's your thought on that? Oh, dude, you've totally nailed it. And and I'm, by the way, I'm a total biohacker. I mean, I was even, my first website way, way back in the day was more or less about biohacking when that before that term even existed, right? right? I've been a huge fan of that stuff, and I attribute a lot of my success to, to some of those practices and, and just my awareness of those things. But it's like this, right? Another thing I do to improve myself and to strengthen myself on, on that spectrum of things is MMA, right? Yeah. You know, I do mixed martial arts to challenge myself, to find out where my weaknesses are uh, in my body and in my mind, and to face those things head on. But the reason this is interesting is one of the disciplines that is so big in MMA is Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And what a lot of folks don't know about BJJ is that it is a modification of an older system, which was Jiu-Jitsu, right? So, you know, the the Brazilian guys, the Gracie family, Mm -hmm. they took the Japanese Jiu-Jitsu and they modified it in a way to make it more effective and to make it easier to learn. And in a sense... Simpleology is kind of like that BJJ modification of that system. It's like saying, okay, look, you can do all those other things. You can make yourself stronger. But notice how if you use the right tools in the right way and manage yourself correctly, a small dude can actually beat up a bigger dude who doesn't have those skills. Mm -hmm. And we saw this in the original UFC. If you go back 
to the and, and I'm kind of geeking out here about the history of fighting science, which I, I just I find so fascinating and such an apt metaphor. Yeah. When you look at the early uh, Ultimate Fighting Championships, in you know one through five, we learned this right. We saw this relatively small guy, Hoist Gracie, just decimate bigger dudes. Now we got to point out that we have weight classes now because everybody knows all of these things, and and you know it, it, if everybody has the same skills. Yeah, how big you are and how strong you are yeah. matters, right? Yeah. But, but back then, we didn't notice that. And what we can observe in the real world is that hardly anybody has these skills in the world. We have over a million users on Simpleology, but that's a drop in the bucket compared to the 7 billion people on the planet. So what we're finding is that people who use these tools – have huge advantages over people who may be intellectually more capable, may have more physical energy or what have you, because they are managing themselves in sort of a BJJ style. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that you know, it's, it's in, it, that's totally in line with a you know another uh, athlete metaphor, if you will. I was I was looking at. Um, uh, you know, VO2 maxes and power and stuff like that. I, I'm a cyclist, so you're into you're into the into the the, the jujitsu, mixed martial arts. I, cycling's my my outlet. That's where I push myself. And it's uh, you know, so I was looking into this, and it's it's very similar. Where you know, people assume that um, sheer you know power and VO2 max. If if you know what someone is their their power is, so their their watts to weight ratio is. In theory, you should be able to predict who's going to win or race if you know all of the uh, basically power output that these guys can sustain indefinitely right mm. so it makes mm. sense but what they found is is although you could uh, you could know that that isn't going to determine a race because the race is going to be determined by the efficiencies of the riders and the skills mm. behind those riders and it's the same thing that, that you're talking about it's the same thing that simpleology is right so I mean you can have you know maybe some less skills less knowledge in, in a marketplace but if you're operating better more efficiently focusing on the right things you're going to be able to compete with bigger uh more sophisticated more experienced people and uh it, it is truly a competitive advantage and it's interesting you're right a million people really is a drop in the bucket at this point uh, that's right and so that's right so okay so we're starting to run out of time here but just before we run out of time, two questions for you. What kind of people today, what kind of businesses are using the Simpleology method and getting incredible results? And if people want to check it out, where do they go? Awesome. Well, uh, the people who use Simpleology run the gamut. Uh, you know, we've got uh, small business entrepreneurs. We've got Fortune 500s that have their teams on it. We have, uh, you know, people in the U.S. government using it hospitals, work at home moms. We even have uh, some schools that have adopted it. Um, you know, we had to, to create versions of our training for, uh, or, or make our training more child friendly <laughs> for a lot of these. Uh, cause we had, we had some, you know, some funny risque jokes and some of that stuff before. Yeah. Um, cause we try to, we try to make the system fun, yeah. you know, for, for people to use. Yeah. I, I think software should be a joy to use. So we put a little bit of that in there, but Anyway, we've modified that. So, uh, you know, we have, uh, you know, elementary school kids even, uh, you know, their teachers will tell them, hey, did you do your Simpleology today? <laughs> you know, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, so it, it works for almost anyone. But because of the entrepreneurial background that, that you and I have, there are, of course, a lot of entrepreneurs 
that use it. And I think also there's an entrepreneurial revolution happening in the world right now as well. People are kind of fed up with the way, uh, you know, there is this edifice of government and, and you know, business institutions that are not necessarily always working in the, inter- the best interests of, mm-hmm. uh, of people. So people are rejecting that saying, well, you know, how about some self-reliance? How about, you know, creating a business for myself, which makes what you're doing so wonderful. Um, so that's where I, I think probably the majority of our guys are. And then if people uh, want to go check it out, uh, they can go to simpleology.com and, and set up an account there. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, just for the listeners here to highlight a point, you know, as Mark said, more and more people are waking up to this opportunity to to create incredible businesses. You know, it's it's easier. I, I believe it's easier than it's ever been um, for for people to do that. But I'm watching so many people that are in these jobs right now and are trying to make that transition. And they've got, a, you know, great ideas, but their execution is terrible. And it really comes down to when you shift from being, let's call it an employee, in a structured environment where somebody's laying out your goals and your plans and giving you a path there's a big shift to becoming an entrepreneur and how you need to operate and how you need to manage yourself. And if you try and go at this without a system to follow, I I truly believe, um, because I've seen it happen time and time again, that your likelihood of success is going to plummet massively because you won't have structure, you won't have that plan that somebody put in place for you. So you need to learn how to do that. And what's the best way to do that? Honestly, I believe is to take a system like Simpleology and make sure you use it, but get, get the discipline to use it. Because again, these systems only work if you apply them. And uh, th- that's, a, that's another one of my beefs. Is I see people that, that they sign up for these things, they use them for a week, and, and then they continue, they stop using them. And so if you're going to do it, do it and hold yourself accountable to it. So uh, anyway, that, that's, my, that's my lecture. Um, I truly uh, believe in what you're doing, Mark. It's, it's absolutely awesome. And uh, I hope some of our listeners head over there right after they listen to this and sign up. So uh, thank you so much for your time today, Mark. Thanks. It was a pleasure. Awesome. And uh, guys, before we wrap things up, uh, you know, if any, if you guys want to find out more, um, you want the links, as always, they're going to be in the show notes on entrepreneurignited.com forward slash podcast. And guys, now it's time to take the productivity tips, tools, strategies that you've learned from Mark today and apply that final essential, essential ingredient. And that ingredient is action, right? So go forth, take action, go test out Simpleology. I do believe they have a free trial. Mark, you have a trial there, don't you? We do indeed. Brilliant. Go take the trial. Start using it. See, see if it will double your productivity, as Mark claims it does. What have you got to lose? So go forth, take action. This is your host, Derek Gale, signing off. Thanks for listening to another info-packed episode of the Entrepreneur Ignited podcast with Derek Gale. For links to all of the resources plus an entire transcript of this episode, go to entrepreneurignited.com slash podcast. Make sure you never miss another episode. Subscribe now on iTunes or SoundCloud.